Hello and happy Sunday. Welcome back to another edition of Idyllic Indie Podcast, where our main focus is to promote growth, love, and healing. So today I have a really, really deep topic that is kind of close to my heart and I kind of feel like, you know, I'm, I'm venting a little bit, but I have always, always, and I will talk about this later on in an, in another podcast with a guest, hopefully, prayerfully, about hoovering, you know, when the narcissist hoovers back and it's like, well, you know, they always come back to me, so it must be something about me. It must be something they love. It must be something that they can't get enough of. Like, no, I think that hoovering is more so the fact that they don't want to leave you alone, but... I think that they're also fearful of the fact of what you could possibly be. And it scares them, you know, it really scares them that one day you may just find out your worth and then they'll lose like all of their power and all of their control over you, right? Because I don't really think that a narcissist truly loves. I feel like it's more so of a power play and a control struggle to really get you in their web. And once you're in that web, it's just constant games, it's constant lies, it's constant cheating, it's constant, you know, manipulation, gaslighting, like, no, I thought the sky was purple. No, it's definitely green. Like it's always something, you know, and they will, they will literally lie to you and then make you feel a certain type of way because you responded to the lie. And a a great example that I think I will always refer back to is like on 90 Day Fiance, when this couple, literally, he had been telling her for, for years, like, I love you, you know, I'll always be with you. Um, there's nothing you can do that'll ever make me dislike you or not love you. And then once the new supply came in, then all of that, all of that future faking, all of that quote unquote love that he gave to her really all came crashing down to the ground. And then we really saw the narcissist without their mask, right? Then we really got to see, okay, wow, um, you told me you loved me. You told me it was going to be a white house with a picket fence and we were going to have kids and a dog and a Labrador. And like now all of that has come crashing down and you have moved on to the next supply. And I think the really important fact to know about that is a narcissist truly never heals unless they want to heal, right? Because there's no possible way that you can be in a relationship with one person one day and then totally end it with them or not. And then skip over to the next woman or the next guy and and think that you're completely healed. Like, no, it doesn't work that way. You just take your trauma from one relationship and take it into a totally different relationship. And unfortunately, the new supply or the, the new girlfriend or the new boyfriend isn't totally aware that you have a ton of baggage. And it's baggage that you don't want to claim, you don't want to check, you don't want to get rid of. It's just something that you carry from relationship to relationship, not really looking back at all the hearts and all of the souls and all of the time that you've trampled on and all of the people that you have destroyed. Because if you truly look back at your life and at all of your relationships, the narcissist, I'm talking to you, you know, you would see that you've left so many people in in desolate 
ruination. Like you've literally killed so many people's hopes and dreams, whether it was being with you or whatever future faking idealism that you sold them and they bought it. And I remember in a period where you know, when you don't really know what narcissism is, you just feel like, oh my God, why is why is every person that I come into contact with hurting me? Or why is this person like this? It's not you. You know, it, it's never you. It's never, oh, well, how how can I be better? You know, what can I do better in this situation? It, it, it really starts within themselves. And that's why I say it's so, so, so important to know I know most people stress, like, you don't really need to know a person's past and a person's history. But to me, my personal opinion, I feel that you need to know to a certain extent. Like, don't don't give me the total rundown. Like, in 1999, like, I was here when this happened. And on April 11th of 1994 at 10 p.m., this happened with me and this guy. Like, no, I, I don't need an extensive history. But I do need to know, A, what your intent is with me. And B you know, your track record, because it, it, it's almost like, it's almost like getting a dog right from the AKC. And, and, and you're like, or you're like, okay, this is going to be a show dog, right? So you bought it with the intent of this is going to be my show dog. This is going to make me money. This is going to be great. So you bought it as a puppy and, and you raised it up. And now all of a sudden it's not performing well. But if we had known the track record from the get-go, we would have known there's, you know, history repeats itself. Patterns do not lie. Data does not lie, as said in some previous podcasts. So why would I think that you would be an A-plus student if forever you have been a D-minus at best student? Why would I think that your patterns would change. And do I believe that people can change? Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely believe that people can change. It's just the will willingness to do so. Do they have the willingness, right, to change? And unfortunately, sometimes that answer is definitely no. And people can really show you with their actions how they feel about you. Because anybody can say, baby, I love you. Baby, I want to do this with you. Baby, I want to do that with you. But if their actions are constantly going out every night, right? Partying, cheating, um, lying, uh, future faking, um, gaslighting, making you feel like you're less than, like not hearing your opinion, then clearly this person is showing you with their actions. Their words may say one thing, but their actions are saying, I actually despise you. And the, one of the hardest things for a person, especially an empath, to do is to not listen to the words, is to not listen to the love bombing stage, right? Because anybody can love bomb you for like a few days or even a few months, even a few years, right? But then all of a sudden it stops and, and you're left to pick up the pieces. So it's so hard for the empath to really look at the actions, right? And bring it back full circle and say, wait a second, I know you say you love me. But bro, there's no way. There is no way, dog. With all the actions that you've shown me and what I've seen, there's absolutely no possible way on this green earth or on Mars or on the sun, no matter what planet, what star you go to, there's no way that you love me, right? And then that's when, you know, because at first it's denial. At first it's like, oh, maybe, maybe not. Then it's okay, 
it's a possibility. It's definitely a possibility. But then once acceptance rolls around, because it takes a minute for acceptance to kick in and for you to realize, like, I don't deserve this. I deserve more. This is not what I signed up for. I I, I don't want to do this anymore. But once that acceptance kicks in and you're just like, I've had enough, that's when you can definitely move on to to a different stage in life. You can move on to a, a different love and that is self-love and I cannot stress enough how important that is because sometimes as parents as teachers as coaches as workers as business owners as fathers as mothers as as whatever your role is because we all encompass so many roles right whatever your role is for you to sit there because you give so much of yourself to everyone every single day that we forget to give the most important person something, right? We forget to give ourselves that same love that we exude or that we display and exert to other people that may or may not really care about us. Um, I, I've had quite a few colleagues that were coaches and mentors, and they say at the end of the day that they are so drained, they can barely get up and make themselves a smoothie or make themselves bathe or even put lotion on like they're so drained as an empath from giving and giving and giving that sometimes they lose themselves in the essence of their work and the essence of their love towards other people that they forget to love themselves and i'm here to tell you you cannot forget to love yourself so from all of this right when a narcissist decides to hoover you that's when your acceptance and your your word to yourself must be kept that i love self more than i love this person and like i said it's it's very hard but it's it's definitely worth it in the end especially when you know that you tried your absolute hardest right and nothing was ever reciprocated nothing was ever returned it just means a lot to get up Take your love, take yourself, and remove yourself from the equation, right? And to know that you are worthy of love and to know that you are worthy of everything that you desire and everything that you deserve. And to never forget that. To journal out your feelings, right? To plan your days, to make an agenda of what you're going to do and do it. Even if it's one or two items on that list, do them. It'll make you feel so much better and it'll make you feel so accomplished to finally just tucker down and say what you're going to do. And with that, I would like to end this podcast and I'm so grateful and thankful to all of you who have listened and replay this as many times as you need. And once again, this is Idyllic Indie Podcast. Thank you so much. Stay blessed.